Welcome to the WGN TV Political Report. I'm Paul Lisnick. Coming up. If we're going to beat Trump, we need the largest voter turnout in the history of America. This election is about the future of our country. Make no mistake about it. The battle for, for Illinois begins. Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden split support across the state as the race for president narrows to two plus. I'm the most conservative elected official in this race. I won't just win. I'll win by double digits. Seven Republicans are vying for the chance to take on first-term Congresswoman Lauren Underwood, who will emerge victorious in the 14th District. We've got a closer look for you. And voting behind bars, how a first-of-its-kind polling place is expanding voting rights for some Cook County inmates. For the first time in many years, the mid-March Illinois primary might have an impact on who will eventually become the Democratic Party's presidential nominee. The state has 155 pledged delegates up for grabs in next week's election. And so both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are paying attention to their chances of winning here. Sanders supporters turned out in droves yesterday to a Grant Park rally with a candidate himself. Take a look. There are a lot of people here today. Thank you, Chicago. We love Bernie. We need time for our change. Time for our change. Fight, 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 and vote Bernie Sanders! Joe Biden and I are friends. I have known him for many years. But we have different records. We have a different vision. The American people will hear about it. Right now, I'm really razorly focused on making sure that Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee. The only way we beat Trump is with a campaign of energy, excitement, and grassroots activism. That is our campaign. This movement is really about more than him, and I think he really exemplifies that in his actions. Let us stand together for dignity and decency in the White House. Let us beat Trump. Meanwhile, former Vice President Joe Biden continues to build his coalition in Illinois with a long list of top Democratic officials. That includes Senators Dick Durbin, Tammy Duckworth, as well as Representatives Danny Davis, Robin Kelly, Brad Schneider, and more. A whole host of state lawmakers and many longtime aldermen also throwing their weight behind the Biden campaign. Biden has also picked up the coveted endorsement of Mayor Lori Lightfoot, whose own popularity led to a full sweep of Chicago's 50 wards last year. The move was, has ruffled the feathers with the city's progressive aldermen and the Sanders-aligned teachers union. But Lightfoot has long hinted she'll back whoever she thinks can beat Donald Trump in November. I know President Biden will make Chicago a partner and not an adversary. I know that he can build a coalition from small towns like the one I grew up in in Ohio to big cities like Chicago that will unite people who want a better path forward and I believe he can win. Illinois Congressman Bobby Rush has represented the first congressional district for nearly three decades. Welcome to the show, Congressman. Good Thank to see you. Thank you, Paul. So good to see you again. Same here. Now, yeah. you were a Mike Bloomberg supporter yes. until he dropped out. Uh -huh. And many of your colleagues are now standing behind Joe Biden. I just want to ask you, what was what was the attraction of Bloomberg to you in the early stages of the race? Well, I, I in Mike Bloomberg, I saw a person who had a unique perspective on the greatest issue 
in the African-American community, and that was the lack of investment, the lack of economic investment. And Mike Bloomberg had a specific plan to, uh, in the first 10 years of his presidency, to create one million new black homeowners, to create 100,000 black-owned businesses, and to invest $70 billion into the African-American community, and also to be in the forefront of dealing with criminal justice issues. This was a concrete plan. And I believe that Mike Bloomberg, based, Bloomberg, based on his past uh, successes as a business person, as a three-term mayor of New York City, that he would be someone who would get results. Because at, at the end of the day, he's a data-driven guy. Uh, and he's, of course, he's out. He's supporting Joe Biden, by the yeah, way, of course, as right, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you, this support for Biden, Vice President Biden, that we're seeing among your colleagues, right, um, it, it, would you say it's policy-driven or personality-driven compared well, to President Trump? Well, it's driven by one thing, and that is defeating Donald Trump. That's everybody's, that's numero uno on everybody's agenda, particularly in a unique way, the African-American community. Community. The African American community is afraid of another four years of Donald Trump. Can I ask you, because you've, you've become over the years, I don't know if moderate is the right word, but we've moderate, seen you develop, moderate, and I'm just moderate, curious, moderate. how would a 20 year old Black Panther Bobby Rush yes. view the Bobby Rush of today? Well, he would say uh, that and 20 years, that's my grandfather speaking. So if I project myself from this moment right now to 20 years in the past, I'm speaking as my grandfather would have spoken to me. Much more wiser, much more uh, experienced, uh, really have, having a better understanding of the system and how the system operates, have uh, better connections, better contacts, can really uh, knew, know that the issues are facing the African-American community right now is a lack of investment, lack of economic opportunity, and lack of economic prowess. So given what you've said, look, Bernie Sanders clearly a little nervous about the Midwest, comes to Chicago uh, in an unplanned trip, now you know, added into a schedule, um, worried about Michigan. So I'm just curious, um, what is the, the view that you are now seen as part of the establishment? Um, does that make Biden the right guy? Well, I, in my uh, estimation, Biden is the one who makes sense at this point, although I haven't endorsed him. Because, frankly, if you want my help, then you at least you got to pick up the phone and say, hey, will you help me? I'm ready. I'm sitting at the edge of my seat. I'm waiting for to get that one call, call to ask me for my support. And I'm certain it's going to come. All right. I think I hear your phone ringing, by the way. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. It, it, it's been ringing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. uh, so, look, I want to talk about your race. You're facing yeah. some primary challenges mm -hmm. from three much younger political yeah. opponents. Mm -hmm. You've got Robert Emmons. He's a 27-year-old former consultant mm -hmm. to nonprofit groups. He lost a friend to gun violence years ago. Sarah Gadd is 32. Amina Matthews, 52, an anti-violence person that we know from the movie The Interrupters and her, and her work. You're 73. Mm -hmm. Why is it not time to pass the torch? Well, look... And the same people who are asking me to pass the torch are also, for the most part, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters. Uh, some of them might you mean Biden supporters. So age is nothing but a number, all right? I still outwork most people that I know. 
I'm up early, I go to bed later. I am getting things done in the Congress. So uh, it doesn't make sense for me, and I'm having a good time. I'm living the life I love, and I love the life I live. I'm having a good time. I'm getting results. And what bothers me is that, uh, what troubles me, that if I would resign at this point in time, it took me 28 years to get the kind of seniority that so I have what do you in say Congress. So, and seniority is the only currency that matters in Congress. You have, you get the best committees. You get, right now, I serve as a subcommittee chairman on the most powerful committee in the Congress, the Energy Commerce Committee. And so, I'm, uh, I, I call the shots. I control the calendar. A freshman would take. 10, 15, 20 years to get to that point. And I'm healthy, I'm having fun, I'm living the life I love, I love the life I live. I'm, I'm a, a, a accumulation of all my experiences from the Boy Scout to the pastor party to being a pastor in church. All those experiences, that's the sum total of me. And I have to say, Paul, not being arrogant, but I'm damn good, man, at <laughs> what I do. I'm going to leave it there. You've got a musician inside you, too. I can hear that. <laughs> Congressman Bobby Rush, thank you so thank much. Thank you so very much. All right, we're going to take a break. And coming up next. We need new faces and new perspective on our side. The crowded Republican primary in Illinois' 14th congressional district. Can any candidate take the seat back from Democrat Lauren Underwood and still to come this half hour? He is not a Republican. He has no place in a civil society. It's unprecedented why the Illinois Republican Party is spending campaign cash to stop their own candidate from winning on Chicago's Southwest side. We'll be right back. In today's Closer Look, one of the most watched congressional primaries in the state, the Republican race for Illinois' 14th congressional district. Just a year and a half ago, a political upset in Chicago's west and northwest suburbs. Together on this night, we made history. We made history. Democrat Lauren Underwood managed to unseat four-term Republican Congressman Randy Hultgren, riding the 2018 blue wave all the way to Washington. The 32-year-old nurse became the first African-American woman to represent the increasingly purple district. Since being sworn in, Underwood has aligned herself with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. She's also made waves by taking Trump administration officials to task over the treatment of immigrants inside U.S. detention facilities. With five kids that have died, 5,000 separated from their families, I feel like, and the evidence um, is really clear that this is intentional. It's intentional. It's a policy choice being made on purpose by this administration, and it's cruel and inhumane. Now, it's no surprise that the issue has come up time and time again with the Republican candidates in this race. President Donald Trump won the 14th district by three points in 2016. This year, Republicans have their sights set on taking the coveted congressional seat back. There are seven candidates in the Republican primary. And they range from first-time politicians to names you might already know, each of them trying to stake their claim on the conservative end of the party, already looking ahead to their potential opponent in November. Her voting record is more extreme liberal than either Nancy Pelosi or AOC. That's not something that's going to fit with our district. So uh, we've looked at numbers and we believe that if we can communicate what her voting record is, I won't just win, I'll win by double digits.
Oberweis. That's Jim Oberweis. He's a state senator who's most known for his work in the family dairy business. Oberweis has unsuccessfully run for governor, Congress, and U.S. Senate three separate times. While his views on immigration have forced apologies in years past, Oberweis thinks that issue could be the key to unlocking support this time around. I believe that, that having come strongly from that side of concern over legal immigration, that I can be a factor in helping to bring the two sides together to solve that problem. Uh, and I think we, to solve that problem, we need to find a pathway to citizenship for those so-called dreamers. On the other side, though, I believe that we have to get rid of this automatic birthright citizenship for kids who are born here illegally, from parents who are here illegally. Well, State Senator Sue Rezin is also in the race. Rezin has been in the legislature since 2010 and serves as the assistant Republican leader in the Senate. She's taking direct aim at her opponents. We all can say that we're conservative. We believe about certain issues, but unless that you have fought for and won elections like I have, um, it's difficult to say until you have a voting record. I mean, I am on the Senate floor each and every day fighting for the constituents in my district. Resin says she opposes health care plans like Medicare for All, but does support protecting patients with pre-existing conditions. Like Oberweiss, she says the number one issue she hears about on the campaign trail, it's immigration. Resin supports the president's effort to build a wall at the southern border. We do have the right to protect and defend our borders. And then after that, we should uh, and need to put a legal uh, pathway to citizenship and enforce it uh, at the, uh, at the uh, federal level. Lauren Underwood uh, believes in the complete opposite. We, we will have two very different opinions on this issue, but at the end of the day, we as a country have the right, right to protect and defend who comes in and out of our country. And there's challenger Ted Grottle. He kicked off his campaign with a face familiar to some football fans. You give Ted Grottle a chance, I promise you. He won't let you down. Grottle's campaign message is centered around his college career as a kicker for Notre Dame in 1987. He's marketing himself as a political outsider. Grottle's campaign website mentions his opposition to figures like J.B. Pritzker, Mike Madigan, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That first-term New York Congresswoman seems to come up a lot in this suburban Chicago race. She's become a symbol for many in the Republican Party of a growing movement to the political left. 14th District candidate Catalina Loff is banking her success on being the anti-AOC. I'm the direct product of the American dream, and AOC and the squad and those women, particularly the millennials now in Congress, are trying to take away that American dream. Illinois 14 is my home. I was born and raised here. It's where my parents built their American dream. Now, Loff has spent time promoting her message on national outlets like Fox News. She served as an advisor in the Trump administration's Department of Commerce in 2018 before returning home to Illinois. Loff says it's her family story that has her inspired uh, for a conservative view on immigration. Her mother fled Guatemala in the 1980s to come to America. There are a lot of people that want to come here legally. They're doing it the right way. Right way. They're, they're waiting for it because they want to be productive citizens here. But we have too much illegal immigration happening, and it needs to be solved and not politicized. You have people coming here illegally that are trafficking young children at the border because we cannot come up with reform because a Democrat-controlled Congress, Lauren Underwood included, will not come to the table with Republicans on this issue. 
And there's Jim Martyr. He's the former chairman of the Kendall County Republican Central Committee. He's been a software consultant for more than three decades and says he'll become a member of the House Freedom Caucus if he's elected. We need to do battle in Washington. We have $23 trillion in debt, 200, over $200 trillion unfunded liabilities. We need to cut the size and scope of the federal government. I will be relentless in my pursuit of that. Now, Martyr is one of the candidates taking Underwood to task on health care. And so is Jerry Evans. He's a millennial and the founder of his own music school in Wheaton. He thinks his age and lack of political experience will help in a battle against Lauren Underwood. But it's his own life experience that spurred an interest in becoming a lawmaker. I've been through Lyme disease. I've been through parasites. I know what it's like to be down and out and not be able to work a 40-hour work week for months. And so I really care about and I'm 100% committed to protecting people with pre-existing conditions. Number two, our current health care law is extremely unaffordable. Health care prices are too high. Drug prices are too high. I can't tell you how many doctors I've talked to that come to me and say, Jerry, that I have red tape. I can't do what I want to do for my patients. And it keeps them from actually administering the best health care that they can. And this is a health care law. What's our goal? Health care. And if we're prohibiting that, then that's not good. And so I want to make sure that we reduce the red tape upon doctors, that we're increasing competition on state line, across state lines so that insurers can compete, uh, work to reduce drug prices, and a number of other things to make it much more affordable based upon free market solutions as well as, again, protecting people with pre-existing conditions. Like the other candidates in the race, Evans calls himself a true conservative. He's called Underwood's views on abortion rights radical and takes issue with her vote for the Equality Act, saying it infringes on religious liberties in the workplace. Now, there is one more Republican on the 14th district ballot. Self-funded candidate Anthony Catella says it's his civic duty to run for office, despite the obstacles presented by modern politics. I think extremism in any, to be extreme for any uh, cause or viewpoint is just not the right way to go. I'm not a right winger, nor am I a left winger. I'm, I'm simply, and I'm, 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 a, I'm three things or four things. I am an American, a Republican, a Christian, and maybe that should be first, and a free man. And on those bases, I make my decisions. Well, whichever candidate wins the primary is sure to get some attention from the National Republican Party apparatus. Cook County, uh, sorry, Cook Political Report still calling the race a toss-up. And first-term Congressman Lauren Underwood had nearly $1.7 million cash in her campaign war chest at the start of the year. And coming up next, locked up but not locked out of the voting process, how a first-in-the-nation program is expanding access to Cook County detainees. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to WGN-TV Political Report. A long-fought-for law to expand voting access in Cook County finally becomes a reality. This weekend, the first votes were cast inside the Cook County Jail. The jail now its own polling precinct for the March 17th primary election. 42 voting machines are being brought in so that pre-trial detainees can easily participate. In Cook County Jail, the nation's second largest, by the way, more than 95% of inmates are there awaiting trial. Even though individuals have the right to vote in pre-trial detention, the ability of those who are incarcerated to cast their ballots has varied widely between jails across our state. As a result, many of the 20,000 men and women awaiting trials have not been able to vote. 
Even worse, because of misinformation and misperceptions, many of the four million people in our state who have previous criminal convictions are not aware that they are eligible to vote. Officials say about 1,500 inmates registered to take part in early voting. Others can still register through Election Day. Sheriff Tom Dart says the program is essential to his plan to reintegrate inmates once they are released. That we can tell people now, you are no different than anyone else. You need to go back to your community with the ability to be completely engaged. And whether it's voting or in some cases maybe running for office, whatever it might be. Now, inmates in Illinois' 101 other counties will be given mail-in ballots. And coming up next, ballot battle on the southwest side. The Illinois Republican Party tries to stop an avowed Nazi from becoming their nominee in the 3rd District for a second time. More on the plan when we come back. In Illinois' third congressional district, the state Republican Party is taking the unprecedented step of spending money in an open primary race. The goal, to warn voters against a candidate on their own ballot. Arthur Jones is a neo-Nazi, an anti-Semite, and a Holocaust denier. He is not a Republican. Now, in 2018, Art Jones ran unopposed for the GOP nomination in the 3rd District. He ended up with nearly 58,000 votes in the general election. This time around, the GOP is spending thousands on digital ads, mailings, robocalls to get the word out to primary voters. They are supporting Will County Republican Mike Frisalone instead. And that's it for our show this morning. We'll see you next week for everything you need to know ahead of our March 17th primary here in Illinois. Bye-bye.